Welcome to the What's Your Weird Story podcast. Everyone has at least one good story. And some of us have stories that are just to the left of normal. We're interested in the ones that push the boundaries of what we can perceive. Stories that defy explanations. Stories with an air of mystery. Stories we might not share. For fear of being thought of differently. But don't worry. We're all friends here. So, what's What's your weird story? story? Hello, Weirdsville. Hope you're doing well. I am enjoying some green tea with a little bit of peach, which is really nice right now. Uh, Warming up a little bit. It's a little brisk out. Got some wind happening. Got some weather coming our way. What better way to spend my time than with my best friend and co-host, Mr. Adam Beebe. How are you, sir? Hello, Barry Johnston, the smiling sensei, my oldest, dearest friend. How are you, sir? Doing well, Professor. Doing well. I am, uh, yeah, just uh, had a a good day. I got, I, I had the opportunity to finish a project over five years in the making and probably even longer than that but since i can officially record the date it's been five years so i feel i feel accomplished and i feel a huge weight lifted off my shoulders man fantastic dude do tell do tell well it's still top secret it's i mean i finished a, a a record um uh, you know, music stuff that I've been working on for a long time. And we'll talk about it more later. We, we're going to do something special for when it comes out. Cause I kind of want to, you know, just talk about it. Um, mm-hmm. but, um, it's been a long time coming and there's been a few times when I gave up on the project and just got tired of it. And then, uh, if it weren't for the couple of guys that I play with, it would have never got finished. I can tell you that much, but I'm so happy it's finished and, uh, you know, just, uh, it's a great feeling. You know, that feeling when you've had a project that's just looming over your head and nobody's going to finish it, but you, there's nobody that has the ability to finish it, but you, Yep. you can't hand it off to somebody else. And it's just like, Oh my God, you know? Yeah. Full disclosure. I, uh, I knew already what you were talking about because I've already full disclosure, listened to the album, uh, yeah. And it's it's good. It's really good. I enjoyed very much. Couple of, there's a, a handful of good bangers. Thank on there. you, man. Thank you, dude. And uh, full disclosure: this is the Watch Your Weird Story podcast. That's right. Uh, your weekly podcast for the weird uh, things in this world and true stories by the people who experience them. And as Barry said before, he is Barry, and I am Adam. That's right. Um, what else is? In the air, Barry. Well, we had the uh, the balloon uh, balloon gate, as it were. <laughs> <laughs> that was the gift that just kept on giving. Is all I got to say. Look, slow news weekend turned into an international, you know, yeah. story of intrigue. Yeah. Uh, as you may have known, know if you're listening to this uh, as it comes out uh, here uh, in the beginning week, uh, first weekend of February. 2023, a Chinese weather balloon uh, invaded American airspace. I don't know if invaded is quite, you know, depending on who you ask. Yeah, that's a loose term. (laughs) It came, yeah, so a Chinese uh, weather balloon uh, 
um, and it's always a weather balloon, isn't it? Uh, but a weather balloon came in from uh, atop Alaska and then down through, uh, you know, Canada, the coast of Canada and Alaska, and then over uh, the Midwest. And you know, it's it's the Chinese owned up and said, "Yeah, well, that's ours. It's a it's a civilian weather balloon. It's not gathering information of any kind." Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but oddly enough, it did take a route that could have given, let it have, you know, gathered, you know, information of a, a yeah. non-weather capacity, if you will. Yep. Um, but, you know, they and, and, and there was cries for everybody, shoot it down, shoot it down. Right, you know, right. Trump would have shot it down, all right. this stuff, you know. <laughs> yeah. And everybody's, you know, but Biden's like, I don't want to shoot it down because it's, you know. I don't want it to land on people mm. just in case, right? You know? And so, which uh, is probably like, smart. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Probably no, smart. Absolutely, absolutely. Because you don't know what it is in right. that right. weather balloon. Could be yeah. something else. Yeah, and um, they already they already know everything about us anyway. Let's let's yeah, yeah, let's yeah, be yeah. honest. For God's well, yeah, sake. yeah. See, and that's the thing. So we did, we we shot it down. Yeah, I think either today or yesterday. Um, it's been shot down now over the ocean, and um, it's you know obviously the Chinese aren't super thrilled about it. Um, and but you know it's still they would have done it to us. Plus, yes, you know they have satellites that are spy satellites that are flying over the entire planet. Of course, and us all the time. Yeah, they they've all got pictures of your hairy butthole. They've got yeah everybody out in California (laughs) airing sunning their buttholes in their taints. Absolutely, they've got you. They got it. You know they're got the the, um, who knows what the. Chinese uh, official governments, you know, uh, OnlyFans thing special page <laughs> looks like or something. You know, I mean, it's like, uh, well, it can't be, it can't be any worse than ours. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. I mean, yeah. the only thing I kept. So I got a thread of friends that they, you know, we we just shoot the shit back and forth with each other, and that was the topic over the weekend. And I just could not help but think of Team America. You know, yes, fuck yeah. yeah. You know, uh, what a great flex for america to shoot down a (laughs) balloon oh my god and and i don't know did you see the snl skit that they did the cold opening oh dude it is it's hilarious it is on point and you should check that out for sure it's it's great um yeah i mean uh the fact that we have somebody on today that actually has a balloon story Mm -hmm. is kind of interesting isn't it yes it's serendipitous as it were uh or perhaps it you know it's a an odd synchronicity uh or for you know maybe it's fate or kismet who knows <laughs> one of those but uh today's guest uh is joining us from hawaii hawaii i can't i don't i i apologize i tried to say it as best i can towards the uh the native pr- uh, correct pronunciation not just hawaii or Hawaii, uh, as you know, where we grew up, it would be said. Um, but Kakua, uh, or Kekua, Kakua is our guest, and uh, yeah, she's got uh, she's got a balloon story. We're gonna kick right, right off with that, 
and uh, some other creepy stories. And then, you know, we just had, as we do, a great conversation about all sorts of unusual things um, all, of, all over, everywhere. Absolutely. And all at once. And uh, we, we just, you know, another great new friend made uh, through the podcast, for sure. So joining us from the beautiful vacation spot, the beautiful um, jewel of the um, Pacific. I don't know what uh, the Hawaii's other nickname. What's on there? Anybody know what's on their license plate? It's, it's got to be better than Oklahoma is okay. Um, <laughs> but joining us from Hawaii is Kakua. Kakua, thank you very much for joining us. What's your weird story? Thank you for having me. I love shows like this. So, uh, I have a couple of stories that happened in the house that I live in, <coughs> which I've lived in for the last 23 years. But the one that gets the biggest oohs and ahs and chicken, as we call it here in Hawaii, chicken skin, yeah. which mm-hmm. you guys, I think you say uh, goosebumps. goosebumps. Yeah. Yeah. Is the balloon. So when my children were very small. Um, there's this incident happened with the balloon. It was a door of the Explorer balloon. I don't know if that matters, but it sure seared into my brain. So it's nighttime. My kids are asleep. Their bedroom is at the end of the hall. I'm at the other end of the hall in the living room. So just outside the entrance to the living room, the hallway, and next to that is the stairs that go downstairs. So I'm sitting there. I'm watching, you know, whatever was on TV, and I see movement out of the corner of my eye. So I look over to the entrance to the living room, down into the stairwell, and I see uh, my daughter's birthday balloon. And she had just turned three. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of hovering around in the stairwell. You know, that's not weird, right? Air currents move, balloons float, all this kind of stuff. So it's there, and it's kind of just wiggling back and forth. Um, And I keep watching TV, And then I realized that little by little, the balloon is coming closer and closer. It's coming up the stairs. It hasn't floated up to the ceiling. It's not mid-air. It's literally with its tail on the ground, and it's coming up the stairs as if it were walking up the stairs. Oh, weird. And in and of itself, I was like, wow, that's weird. That doesn't happen very often. But I'm, I'm kind of, I've always been fascinated with science, so I'm like running... You know, these things that happen. So in in a split second, I'm running through, well, you know, like it's it's heavy enough to float, but it's mm-hmm. just just drained enough that the tail is still on the gray, you know, all of these things. Yeah. Um and the entirety of this probably happens within five to seven minutes, though it feels like an hour. So it comes up the stairs and, and like I said, it's coming nice and slow and it's facing me. The front of the balloon is literally facing me the whole way up, and it kind of pauses after it comes up the stairs so it is now in the hallway it has exited the little stairwell and it's facing me and it did this little almost like this little runway in the in the uh, area of the hallway that I could see so it stayed within my visibility but it was moving up and down the hallway and it was literally turning like it wasn't just kind of back and forth it didn't seem to be random it was like turning and it would, you know, stop and it would face me and it would look down the hallway. I say, look, it's a balloon, but yeah, it yeah, yeah. felt like it, yeah. it's, you know, aiming down the hallway. It's aiming at me. It also turned and went back down the stairs. 
a couple of times. It would, you know, come down and it would come back up, not all the way down the stairs, because it's one of those stairwell that's it's like broken in half and it's got a landing. So yeah, yeah. it makes a U-turn. So it didn't go all the way to the very bottom of the stairs, but it went down and up a couple of times. And, the, you know, I can't take my eyes off of it at this point. I haven't moved. I don't realize it, but in hindsight, I know I was frozen in place. I'm just sitting on the sofa and I'm staring at it. And so it, the, the the last time that it came up, and it again, it was pretty stationary, facing me, just just sitting in the hallway, facing me. And it it did a little bit of down the hallway and came back, and then it did a little bit of down the hallway, but went outside of my line of sight for a moment or two, and then it came back. And it went down again, and it didn't come back into my line of sight. And after probably three to four seconds, I I become like like my mama instincts. My my hackles mm-hmm. were raised, and I became very very defensive, and I panicked. So I jumped up, and I found um, there was a pair of scissors that was in the living room. So I and it had gone about halfway down the hallway to where my kids are sleeping and like so i ran down the hallway and i like i grabbed it and i stabbed it (laughs) (laughs) i popped it i i I tore it into small pieces and and took it down and put it in the trash can and you know just crumbled up as much as i could because my heart was like pounding and i had you know chicken skin and i was like i don't know what the fuck that was yeah that was not a normal balloon that was that was not a normal experience, like for it to go up and down the stairs, yeah. for yeah. it to move back and forth down the yeah. hallway, and be facing in the direction that it was going. Yeah. Yes. And it, oh, you know when you just you just know oh, something's yeah. up. Yeah. yeah, that's for sure. That is very, very unusual behavior for a, a mylar balloon. Like I'm, I'm guessing what you're talking about. Um, when I was it, when I was young, my mom had a party supply store, so she sold balloons. And so, you know, like I learned a lot about balloons and balloon behavior. <laughs> I know that sounds strange, but um, but like the the way it is with a mylar balloon, the, you know, they'll stay up inflated longer than a rubber balloon uh, because it's you know it's plastic sealed, but it will right. seep out. Right. It will change. The helium will change and right. seep out. Or it will, you know, turn into oxygen inside. Um, but, like, you know, become less buoyant. And, it'll, you know, you'll see it kind of like going from the, you know, on your ceiling to middle air to then where it'll be on the ground. But usually it doesn't, like, when it's, going, when it's on the ground, you know, it's kind of there on the ground. It's not going to really move around unless there is some kind of right, movement strong air current right. behind it. But mm-hmm. it's not going to be uh, going up and down stairs like that. Be, you know, yeah, that's with, weird. With that, that's, that's very, very unusual. That is very, very bizarre. And it, for, you know, I mean, you could say, okay, maybe, you know, you can see maybe it twists, it turns a little bit, but it seems so much more like conscious of what it was kind of doing. Yeah. Or at least yeah. more, it seemed like it had intent. Right. And yeah, that's very, very, very weird. very weird. And you probably were smart to go and attack it because <laughs> <laughs> it went next thing that we would have known. It would have picked up those scissors and, and attacked you. So. How old is the house? <laughs> 
Oh, gosh. Um, so this is an old Hawaii house. Uh, it was going to be built in like the 70s or 80s. Okay. Um, and then my portion of the house. So something that's in here, extremely common is multi-generational living. Because right. I mean, yeah. median home price is 1.2 million that's right insane. now. That's insane, yeah. So it's very common that multiple generations live with each other. Sure. So this is a house that um, what we call plantation style, kind of similar to plantation style in the South, but not so like regal, but we had plantations here. So it's single wall kind of construction. So the original house is that it's single wall. It's fairly small. Yep. But this house before we bought it had been built onto and onto and onto and onto. So it's actually quite large. So there are three generations um, that live in it. It's, it's like, you could cut it up and rent it as multiple properties. Like that's, mm. that's how big the house is now. Wow. So the side that we live on, uh, my children and I is uh, the newer end of it. And it's, it's so it doesn't have um, a- as much that could be explained away by it's an old house. Yeah. It's drafty. It's this and that. Right. But of course, you know, those things can happen. So, mm. and that's, and that's my automatic, like, like we have tons and tons of stories here. Yeah. There we have the night marchers. We have lots of th- so much has been built over right. burial grounds. You know mm-hmm. things like that. There are many stories. Yeah, but I also am likely to believe, m- more likely to believe that someone is you know a little given there to like flights of fancy if yeah. they have a story. So most of the time I'm like I have to debunk whatever this is because yeah, yeah. more likely than not that's it. Yeah. But we've got a bunch of stories that happened in this. I do several stories that have happened in the house. That was the only one, the only time anything in this house has ever felt negative mm. to me, ever. Mm. And and now we've been twenty three years, and nothing's ever nothing's ever felt dangerous. Never even felt scary. Never mm. felt uncomfortable, except for that. Interesting. That what was probably. Five to seven minutes total. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Like a one-off event of some sort. Yeah. Yeah. That's, you know, like you were saying, you know, the history of Hawaii is quite interesting and and varied, and there's a lot going on there, spiritual stuff. And um, so, there, there, you know, that's the thing that we've run across here is we'll have stories from people that, like, they live in a real, relatively new house, and how could this happen? And, and then you come to find out that they live, you know, close to burial grounds, or there was, mm-hmm. you know, some sort of Native American thing happening. So, you know, I mean, just because a house isn't 100 years old doesn't mean that these things can't happen, because sometimes, especially when you're surrounded by water, I think that's a big focal point of this stuff. You know, there's a lot of energy that they that they say that gets attracted to to the water and things like that. So, it's all around you guys. I'm sure you know this kind of stuff, the weird stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. Plus, yeah. I mean, generations upon generations and generations of living on the island, you know, or islands rather. But you know, and having it, all of those stacked up and everything that happens there and you know so and and being you know just part of traditional and you know the traditions of the of the area right it's going to be you know you're probably going to be a little more i guess maybe aware of these kinds of things i would think yeah. maybe 
you know, simply because of where you are and 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 and, and, and you're close and, and nature. You got volcanoes. Not too. You know, you got the weather patterns that come through there. I always say that you know, like where I live, I live I live in Oklahoma. Um, this is a farming area, and people are very grounded to the to the earth because they make their living off of it. So, in those kinds of places, you find very spiritual people, very spiritually mm-hmm. minded people, because it is you know literally you know we are our DNA is out of the soil, you know, it's like part of us, you know? So there's a lot of camaraderie, I think in that aspect, you know, even though we aren't Hawaiians, um, I get, I get that. I get that, that vibe for sure. Oh yeah. I think people that live off of the land, people that feel connected to the land, people that, you know, still see the value in the earth as a a living entity that we exist Mm -hmm. with, as opposed to, a thing to, you know, just kind of destroy people like that have a different kind of respect for other things that might be going on around them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So the earth is something to live on, not off of, you know, I mean, we need, we, we live with it and and we need to, we need to, I mean, obviously we we're seeing that that's, we're getting a lot more back towards that to some degrees because we're being conscious of what we're, how we've been, you know, poisoning the planet and all of that but you know hopefully uh we can continue in that route quick enough to where we make a difference for you know so we'll have more generations after generations after generations yeah Yeah. i do love the uh trend that i'm seeing with younger generations to kind of get back to that less um less concrete laden Mm -hmm. i mean so many people go through their life and they and they never actually touch the planet at all because they're in their cars and they're on the road and there's a concrete pad and they go into the house and like, they're just never yep. outside. And I think, um, I think that's really sad. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So what are, what are some, you got to give us another one. What, what are some other weird stories you've got? So we have, um, I don't, I don't know how we, we don't really have a name for him. Um, we feel pretty certain that it's a him and there's a, there's something that used to, turn the lights on and off in so the same exact living room the lights in there used to go on and off um just kind of when they wanted to uh to the point that i never asked anymore who left the light on right. did you turn the light on you forgot to turn it off <laughs> you know we all got to the point where well he probably wants it on right now and if he's if we're in there and he decides he wants the lights off the lights are going to go off <laughs> not all of the electricity in the room just the lights. So same living room, lights will go on and off. Um, and then there came a point, I'm going to say it was about 10 years ago that the lights in the living room stopped going on and off, but directly under the living room. So if you went down those stairs, you know, you did that U-turn, you'd come out in the kitchen underneath of the living room. Kitchen is bigger. So there's uh, two lights in the kitchen. But the light fixture that's directly under the living room, that fixture would then go on and off at at random times. Wow. So huh. at first, I thought somebody's leaving the light on in the kitchen, like, hey, pay attention. You know, yeah. you're not in the kitchen, turn it off. Um, and it took probably a couple of months for us to realize, oh, the lights don't go on and off in the living room anymore. Ah, oh, but nobody is leaving the lights on in the kitchen. So... I wonder if he just moved rooms and 
And so for a long time, the lights in the kitchen would do the same thing. My, um, my former sister-in-law was on the treadmill outside the window of my kitchen on the, there's a, um, like a screened in porch and it kind of connects, um, a couple of living spaces. So she's out there on a, on a treadmill and she's, she gets very scared. She, she's very uncomfortable with these things, but she's out there on the treadmill and no one's home in, in my side. So the uh, kitchen light turns on and she's kind of like, you know, she looks out the side, but she keeps, she just keeps going on the treadmill. There's nobody there. Oh, it's no big deal. And I guess it had turned off and on a couple of times Um, and you know, she's, like I said, she was a little sensitive. She was a little flighty. So it had turned on, then it had turned off. And when it turned back on again, she freaked out (laughs) and she wouldn't be in that. Um, she wouldn't, she wouldn't be in that area by herself after that. Oh, wow. That's crazy, man. I, you ever thought about asking the ghost if it would uh, split your electric bill with you? That would be, that would be so (laughs) annoying, you know? (laughs) Have to deal with that. It, you know, we go, you just kind of get used to it, and then you don't even see it anymore. Yeah. Right. Um, and then it, I'm gonna say it stopped probably around four, four or five years ago. Wow. It just kind of stopped that's happening. So weird. Yeah. I wonder if he is it, or you know, you say he if it, he's moved to a different part of the house, or like. You know, he's like, these people are just not picking up what I'm trying to tell them. And he just moved on, you know, Possibly. something like that. It's like, I'm trying to get your attention here. Well, if it, it's, just, it's more a yeah. code or something, you know. If it were an electrical problem, it would continue. So, you know, like, yeah, yeah. for it to stop is very weird. That's very strange. Yeah. If yeah. It, yeah. And for it to pick, like, one fixture is odd, you know. Very weird. Yeah. Man. And it, like I said, being an older house, that what initially that's what I had started to think. I was like, oh, the, you know, it must be the wiring, it must yep. be something. Um, but you know, we didn't, we never changed any of the wiring. We mm-hmm. never, yep. you know, changed anything uh, that would alleviate that problem. And 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 it, but it just stopped. That's crazy. So well, there's. Oh, go ahead. No, you, you, you. Yeah, so there's there's no more. Um, if it has moved to another area of the house, no one's mentioned it to me. Right. Um, <clears throat> it never occurred to me to wonder if there was uh, an attempt at communication. We just always figured he's playing with the lights. This is just what he likes to do. And it felt yeah. like it's a dude. Right. right. Um, yeah, masculine yeah. energy of some sort. That's so crazy, man. Well, I mean, how would you know? I mean... I you know you watch those ghost shows and they have those spirit boxes or things that they talk into to try to get these ghosts to communicate, mm-hmm. and um, you know I often I'm wondering like, well, they would have to know how to manipulate their space and time in order to do that, and maybe that's just part of the ghost experience. If you're a ghost, I don't know. Maybe you just know how to tap into those things. You know, but like if you're, if your whole thing is like, this is how I communicate, this is what I know, then maybe that's mm-hmm. the way you communicate. And you would never be able to pick up on that unless you were, unless you brought a medium in or something that said, hey, this thing is trying to communicate with you, which I don't know if you've ever done that. Have you ever tried to, uh, yeah. 
We, um, my parents at one point wanted, so my nephew, um, he had an imaginary friend and his mother, which was the, the one I was just talking about, mm-hmm. was very much convinced that he was seeing a ghost. Right. And, and so she used to yell, you know, go away, leave him alone, things like that. Cause for her, that was, it was very frightening. Mm. And so there came a point where, um, they wanted to bless the house. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, in an attempt to push out whatever was there, I was personally against it because I thought if there are things here and I feel like there are and other people feel like there are, but there's no damage being done. There's no harm right. being done. There's no kind of negativity. There's she's scared, but not because something's happened, just because she's she's frightful. Right. And I thought to myself, if we don't know what it is and if we don't understand what it is, but nothing negative is happening, let's not mess with it. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, yeah. You know, if we're coexisting this far and it's there's been no problems, let's just continue to coexist. That's cool. Yeah. My my dog did not like there was something. Um, I used to have a Doberman and there were two places in the house where she would look at a space that was above um where my bed used to be and in my parents' uh, area of the house above, maybe it's like six to seven feet off the ground. It was above a recliner. Hmm. So I'm short. It's hard for me to guess heights, but I'm going to say about six to seven feet off the ground and probably a comparable height in my bedroom. And every once in a while when she would walk into those spaces, like if we would go to my parents' house, so it's not every time, it wasn't always there. But once in a while, when we would go over or when she would walk into my bedroom, she'd see it. Mm-hmm. And she's she's fixated. Like, she sees something and she doesn't want it there because she was a very protective yeah. female dog, you yeah. know. And she, she did not like what it was seeing. And she'd be oh, like. Wow, wow. Oh, she did. So she did react. She just didn't blankly stare. Wow. Yeah. No, yeah. not blank at all. She did not like that she was seeing whatever wow. it was. Um, and it was only literally in those two spots, never any other place in the house, never like, oh, now it's over there. It was only there or there. Wow. Um, and she saw that not a not a whole lot of times, a handful of times mm. she did that. Um, outside of that, she never seemed to have any other problem. Mm. Uh, my ex-husband used to say that he could see a a child if he was from a distance. He, would, he thought he saw like... Um, you know, kind of like a figure, not like you can identify, but because it was small, he would say it was a child. And he had said that before anything else had ever happened. So I just thought, you know, he had a, he had a history of drugs before I knew him long before I knew him. Uh So I thought you got damaged. You're just, you know, you're (laughs) right. Yeah. Okay, honey. (laughs) Yeah. 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 But, um, but then little by little over time, you know, little things happened, uh, I think the first concrete story that I could tell is um, when I was pregnant with my daughter. So we had been living in the house. Mm, she was born in 02. So this would have been about a year and a half living inside the house. Okay. And again, I have not experienced anything. I think, you know, if you're just being flighty because it's an old house, whatever. Um, and I was working at a restaurant, so waiting tables uh, in the daytime, and then I come home and just kind of lay around and be pregnant and miserable. So I come home, and there's um, a baby towel, a pink baby towel on the floor, 
not a brand new one. Like, you know, you can tell when it's brand new versus when it's been washed and used. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's a, it's clearly not brand new, but it's a, it's clean. It's folded. It's real nice pink little baby towel. And this is just a little ways after we found out that we're having a girl. So, um, at that point, my auntie was living, staying with us, not living with us, but staying with us. She was fleeing, um, an abusive relationship. So I thought, I thought it was from her because when she was pregnant, she bought a lot of girl baby things because she was hopeful that she was having a girl. Oh. It turned out to be a boy. But so I thought it was from her. So I went to her and I'm like, Auntie, you know, thanks for the towel. Why'd you put it on the floor? Why wouldn't you just put it on the counter? You know, like now I got to wash it because, you know, the dog hair and, you know. Yep. And she's like, oh, I didn't do that. That wasn't from me. So I was like, oh, okay. So. One by one. So I went to my brother. I'm, I don't know where you would get a towel from. I don't know why you would have a baby towel. Who gave you? Does it somebody that I know? Um, it wasn't my brother. My brother didn't bring the towel in. It wasn't his his wife, the, the sister-in-law I had just talked about. Nobody in the house put that towel in my kitchen. Nobody in the house knew anything about it. Mm. But I have a little pink baby towel that appeared in my kitchen wow. while I was pregnant with my daughter. Wow. What do you, do you have any conclusions as far as where it might've come from or? By the time I gave birth, I was starting to realize that there were some other occupants in the house, right? you know, at least one. And so I just kind of assumed, um, the house gave it to us, you know, whoever it is that's here in the house. I had always been a little bit sensitive um, there were things that had happened, you know, when I was young that I didn't realize that I was maybe hearing or feeling other people that were there, but not fully there. Mm-hmm. I always just thought all of the things that I felt or that I heard, everybody hears them, but wow. not so much. So I never entirely doubted that there are other people around that we, you know, we can't see. I just don't think that it is as much as most people get kind of like they get wrapped up in a frenzy, right? And they want to assign things that they see or hear. Right. And a lot of times it can be, um, you know, reasonably explained in a scientific way, but sometimes it can't. So I had just enough understanding and belief that there are things like that. I just never thought physically because I've never seen, I've never visually seen. Oh wait, that's not true. One time. Okay. In this house. Okay. Um, but at that point, I had never seen anything. I had never had any tangible, any proof. I just knew that, like, I feel a little something when there, you know, things are off. So the, the towel was the first, um, and I kept it. Part of me felt like, should I should I pass this on to another baby? But also I felt like, ah, it was put here for a reason. So if my daughter has a daughter... I'm going to keep this towel and I'll pass the towel. And it's got a story to it and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. Wow. Wow. Okay. Can you speak to a little bit of your, like, when was the first time that you started to pick up on these things that like you were seeing things as a, as a kid, as a young child? Is that when it started? You started to have these, these visions or whatever. I, I, Mm, I was like on the verge of adulthood, young adult, like end of high school, maybe early college, 
when I started to realize that sometimes when I hear, like I would hear somebody call my name Mm -hmm. or I would feel someone touch me or, you know, I would think that there is a person there. It was around the end of high school or early college that I realized other everybody does didn't hear that. Wow. Everybody didn't feel that breeze didn't blow on everybody just now. That kind of thing. Um, and there were a few times when I was younger where I thought I heard my grandpa call me. Mm. Right. And I would think, oh, well, it's just, you know, there's an old man and he kind of sounds like my grandpa. So I turn around to look and there's nobody there. And wait a minute, how would they even know my name anyway? I'm in, you know, I'm in public. I'm not at home or something like that. Um, It was little things like that. And and as I got older, I realized that people consider that like um, to them, that's evidence of the paranormal. At the time when it was happening, I didn't. I just thought, I don't know what I thought. I didn't. I didn't think it was anything. Right. I just thought there's there must be there. I heard something, and in my brain, I processed it as this sound or that sound. I, you know, there was a breeze that blew, and and so I thought someone touched me. You know, at the time, that's what I thought. Sure. As I got older, I came to understand. Oh well, that's just it. There was somebody also near me that I can't visually perceive Mm -hmm. and that was their way of just kind of being like hey hey i'm here right interesting going back to uh going back to what you were the the child that your ex-husband used to see is there any tradition in in hawaii about like um uh like little people or you know uh, any kind of uh, group of where they're like, in in, in a lot of the uh, where we're from in Oklahoma, um, a lot of the different Native American nations have part of their uh, traditional stories um, and beliefs are these little people who are you know they're like just short, tiny, f- fully formed people, not like you know. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like little persons as we, you know, but, you know, little people, what they called them. And they were a group that were all together and they were mischievous and kind of like impish, um, you know, kind of like you you would hear about like um, uh, uh, tricksters and um, like fairies and such that you would hear, you know, like in, in a lot of English and uh, UK type stories where they would, you know, try to steal children or uh, and you know replace them with a, a changeling or something like that. Is there anything like that that would be an analog that you know maybe he, that's something that he could have possibly seen? I don't know. We do have what we call the menehune. Um, uh-huh. It they were not troublemakers. They were more like workers. Okay. In 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 the, um, you know our beliefs is that there were the the modern theory because Hawaiians. All Polynesians, um, I don't know if you guys are familiar, but like Polynesians are big people. They're they're big people, not me, but (laughs) we're big people. Um, So the modern theory is that the Menehunes of these stories were actually Filipino people because there was lots of um, inter-oceanic trade and travel and long before it was documented. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the, the modern theory, one of them, is that it was um, the Filipino people. 
Interesting. And that, but the stories are that the men who news would come out at night and they kind of, they did work. Um, they might build things. They might um, work on things that you were working on if you had left them out because that was just, you know, what kind of tiny little people they were. They were little workers. They would build little walls or, you know, small structures, things like that. Wow. That's interesting because I know that, like, within the past, you know, couple of decades, there's been a lot of, um, in I believe, like in Malaysia, they found different uh, groups that were, I guess, early human and that were like, you know, one of them was described like hobbits. Yeah, that was, that was an Indonesian island. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. And they found them in a cave. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I wow. if there, you know, and there, and there's been more th- others that are like that, but they're smaller, they're three foot, three feet tall, roughly, and and totally proportionate bodies. Yeah. yeah. Wow. It's funny, my well, my my mother in law is a little Indonesian lady, so I I tease her that she's one of the hobbits, but she, <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, that's a that's a story that's really fa- quite fascinating, man. And it wasn't just like one of these skeletons that they found. They found like a whole little group of them. Yeah. And so yeah, it was a th- it was definitely a a race of some sort. And it goes back, I don't know, quite a ways, you know. I that kind of stuff is fascinating and like yeah. you t- you talk about Hawaii and like it it really would have been, you know, all these ideas of us and you know, we think that ancient man wasn't capable of, you know, going across oceans. And that's, we're finding out that that's just not the case. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nope. <laughs> you know, what, what is the, how far back does that, when's the first documented sort of, what time frame are we looking at in Hawaii as far as the Polynesian folks coming to Hawaii? Oh, gosh, I don't even know, uh, to be honest. All I know is that when they came, they were the first. Um, there was no established group here. Okay. So as they and there are a couple of theories, um, I. The way that science and the way that we date things changes so frequently that mm-hmm. I prefer personally prefer not to look at any one theory as like yeah. this is the fact because those facts changed because we learn more things. Yeah. yeah. But um, we know for sure that as they came across from the Western Pacific, they populated islands along the way, Samoa, Tahiti, Fiji, etc. Yep. Um, as far as Rapa Nui, which is off the coast of Chile. Okay. Um, at the time that that happened, there were no documented populations that lived in those areas at least not yet, or if there had been, they were, you know, long gone and there was no evidence of it. So there's no, um, stories of that in, in, in our beliefs. Yeah. But, you know, some of our very staple foods came from South America. So we know that they made it all the way across and that they came back with foods that were indigenous to South America because they've been staple in our food since the way back time. Right, so they yeah. it evolved with us. So we know that it was probably a lot earlier than what is acknowledged. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because there's so much refusal to believe um, the stories of indigenous peoples existing in the areas that they existed yeah. in ways that we can't scientifically document yet. I, uh, yeah. I, Adam, I recently, so I started watching Ancient Apocalypse with, with, uh, with Graham Hancock. I finally started that series. And you need to check that out if you're interested in that kind of stuff, because it's fascinating. He, he, he's kind of flipping that whole idea of timelines on its ear as far as modern man, what we think, uh, how, how far back we think that our existence is, you know, where, where we come from. And, um, it's fascinating, you know, even if it's not true, some of it, you never know, but, it's interesting to think about because what we're led to believe are all things that some scientist or some archaeologist somewhere has sort of stated that this is our timeline. And then we kind of get into this group think mentality of that's the way it is, but that may not be the way that it was, yeah. you know, it's really interesting stuff. So, um, Definitely, if if you're interested in that, it's on Netflix, and it's really it's a series. So I just started it. So I've been I've been watching him for year maybe five or six years. Graham Hancock, he's a really interesting dude. Uh, he was a journalist turned sort of a science. Now he's kind of into you know geography and um, uh, geology, and he puts kind of all this stuff. He tries to put it together and. It's really fascinating, and and in Hawaii, in that Polynesian area, and and all the, you know, the the East is a big part of that equation, you know, because that's where, mm-hmm. you know, along with Africa, obviously, those are where the ancient civilizations came from. So, it's it's fascinating stuff, you know, and the Vikings also are interesting because. They find that, you know, Vikings were in ships, you know, traveling around far earlier than what we initially thought. So, you know. Yeah, I know in um, on the 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 body of North America, which the indigenous people refer to as um, Turtle Island, they have many, many stories of trade and interaction with what we now know to be Vikings, which I was fascinated to find out. That's not a race of people. That's not a population. That's a, it was a job. Right. So there, yeah. it was not a like a an ethnic category called Vikings. It was multiple areas. Yeah. That you know were employed to sail and explore and yeah. and create trade and things like that. Right. Yeah. There's, so there's lots of indigenous stories from uh, North America where they had interaction with um, the Viking people, yeah. and they was I just saw a thing that they have found and dated a site in, is it New, maybe New Mexico or in the north of, somewhere in the, the border between the U.S. and Mexico. They've actually dated it back 130,000 years. Wow. Which is far, far, far earlier than what has been conventionally accepted scientifically. Yeah. Wow. And debunks the whole um, came over through the Bering Strait kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I saw there's another there's a there's other stuff in South America, in the Amazon because of all the trees that they've been removing. They're now excavating all these really ancient 
sites that um, there was a people down there, and I can't, I, 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 for the life of me, I can't think of the name of the, there are people that, that existed there way before any of the other indigenous people, but they, they basically, they made their own soil, and they, they found this out by digging and uncovering all these plots of like this old farmland, and somehow they, they composed their own soil. And and it, they they've been able to map this stuff out, and it's really interesting. It's like we didn't know that we had no clue that this stuff existed up until maybe I'm guessing ten, twenty years ago mm-hmm. when they started to look into it. You know, but yeah, I That's mean, amazing. yeah, it is. It's incredible. But you know, because we're we're told that you know we you know what we know as humanity right now after the last ice age is when we started to sort of you know like 11,000 years ago or 12,000 years ago is about as far back as our we're, we're willing to go as far as that you know that belief goes but it doesn't make sense because it took hundreds of thousands of years for there to be you know an evolution of some sort i mean um all that, all that kind of stuff is just like, you know, we know, or at least we have a good idea of, of what caused the, the end of our dinosaurs. And who's to say that as old as the planet is, that humans haven't come and gone many times. Yeah. Yeah. I believe, I firmly believe that. I, I think it's, it's silly, the notion that what we are aware of right now is the only thing that possibly could ever have existed on this planet, which we know to have been here for like billions of years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a whole lot. And I think there's a lot of things, even right now, what we consider paranormal, I think there will come a point where we understand what's happening enough that we can like literally explain it Yeah, because there has, like I said, I think a lot of people are kind of given to flights of fancy and, and they see things that are maybe not what they think it is. Right. But I think there's also enough that's, it's irrefutable that there are things that are outside of our explanation. That's not because they're unrealistic. It's because our concept of what's, what's real hasn't gotten there yet. Yeah. Did you, do you know what that event was called where, when the, the dinosaurs disappeared? Uh, what, I, 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 it's it's the, the the asteroidal impact. I don't I can't remember if the the specific name of it, but it's that you know it's that big crater that they found there off of the shore of uh, the Gulf of Mexico that they think. There's a name. There's a name okay, for what, the event. What do you know? It. It's the Velociraptor. Oh, nice, <laughs> nice. That's <laughs> that's great. That was great. You had me, man. Oh, that was, that was awesome. Wow. wow. <laughs> you set him up so good. Oh, that was great. <laughs> that was great, man. Oh, man. That was awesome. No, that, I mean, okay, let me ask because it just naturally leads to the, what do you think about UFOs? If, if, if that you're, if, do you have any ideas on that? I mean, I've seen one. Okay, great. I've seen non-definitively again. Right. Uh, I was, um, 18 or 19 and girlfriend and I were sitting in my car. Like we had just gotten off of work. We work at the same store at the mall. So we're both sitting in the front seat. We're just kind of chilling out. It's not, we don't want to leave yet. So we're looking up and she has at this point seen lots of, um, 
what do they call it? Like falling stars. Yeah. Right. Meteorites. I've never, ever seen one. So we're just kind of, she tells me, she's like, yeah, you just kind of have to be still and look long enough. And I'm like, that's crazy. I've looked at the sky plenty of times. I'm nursing. So we're sitting in my car and I'm just kind of, you know, we're conversating, but we're not looking at each other. And I see out, you know, up and through my windshield, I see this thing kind of come down like this. And as I open my mouth, because I'm like, oh, my God, I'm seeing one. I open my mouth and it goes choo, off into the other direction, kind of like a check mark. Wow. Like wow. a 90 degree. Pew. And I'm like, I w- and I'm opening my mouth as this happened, right? Because it happens that quickly. So I'm like sitting there. I'm just got my mouth open. And she's like, what is what? And I'm like, I was going to tell you um, that I saw a falling star and she's like oh okay that's cool i'm like it wasn't a falling star i don't know what it was but it stopped falling and took off in the other direction that makes that makes me think of that footage there's some footage out there somewhere and it's a satellite is it's like taking like picture of the earth and you see this thing come into the frame and uh-huh. it's like it bounces off the atmosphere of the of, of Earth. It mm-hmm. like it's coming in and then like gone. Like you, it just leaves a streak. And it's like holy shit. That's what that reminds me of. I'm like, wow, that could be. What's the observatory there in Hawaii? The big one. Um, uh, there's actually several. Okay. On, okay. On the Big Island, um, Keck Observatory. Keck. That's the one I'm thinking of. Yeah, they had. And they're trying to build another one. Did you see the story last year or two years ago about? It was there, I think, that at at Keck where they found that huge object leaving our solar system, and it was like the size of a football field. Yes, what was it called? Oh, it was given man. a Hawaiian name. Yes, uh, it was. It was. Um, oh God! Oh my gosh, man! Amuamua, Amuamua. Amuamua, yeah, yeah, yeah. Amuamua, and it was a, it was this huge, they they could not figure out what it was, and they didn't catch it until it was leaving. So, like, it had come through, and they, they, they caught it on the way out, and it was a massive piece of, what they were saying, they think it was a piece of debris, an mm you know, for lack of a better term from an alien, like it was a man. It wasn't, it was, it, it was, a, it wasn't natural. wasn't natural. Well, right. Right. Yeah. Wow. It, 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 it was, it was shiny. Uh, it, yeah. And it had a trajectory that was, there was something about it that seemed like it was kind of like under control. Maybe, yeah. Something like that. Yeah. It wasn't normal. It didn't, uh, didn't follow the, uh, the asteroidal sort of, like uh, what do you call that? The uh, orbit. I guess orbit. it didn't go in orbit. I think it was just going in a straight line right. or something. It yeah. Behaved like yeah. So yeah, yeah. You want to look into that? Yeah. Cause, like they found some other objects like that, but it was just this massive thing, and um, like we, it just for all that we know, which is obviously very little, mm-hmm. um, but for all that we know, it is does not. It, was not a natural occurring object in that, but that just, it just passed through our solar system. Yeah. Yeah. I wrote the name down. I'm going to, I'm going to look that up. I'm interested on that note. So I don't know if this is something that the vast majority of people are aware of, but there, if you follow archeology span in any way, you've probably been 
seen or heard of it. So, you know, so many of the things that are in our ancient cultures, the Aztec, the Maya, all through South America, all these places, right, where there's amazing things and they were built by non-white people, mm-hmm. all of the theories around it has, oh, it's aliens must have been here, aliens must have been here, right? It's too yeah, sophisticated, yeah, yeah. it's impossible. Right. right. And I, uh, I saw a dude who said, you know, all that really implies is, personally, I believe aliens have been here many times, and they just keep coming back, and they take a peek, and they go, no, keep the windows up, we'll come back. Yeah, right. yeah, 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 yeah. So <laughs> he was saying, like, all that's really saying, if that were true, if no single indigenous culture around the world built their own structures, all that is saying is that when those aliens came, they liked everybody else in the world except for the, the white people in Europe right. because all we have is Stonehenge. Right, right. That's hilarious. Couple of stones. That's funny. That's hilarious. Oh, well, that does bring up a good point as far as like, um, just as far as structures go and the fact that most ancient civilizations built pyramids or some some form of a pyramid structure like well, wh- but but more to the point is most of the ancient civilizations were around the the center of the earth they're around the equator that's true too and there's that band between right. like the tropics basically that where most of those pyramids arose but also where most early civilizations arose right and you can go through and there's a weird kind of wave timeline yeah I've seen that goes that. through um that you know from when these pyramids start popping up is that yeah we you know we keep getting more and more older and older pyramids and like they've been really popping up a lot in turkey um you know and and but we're finding tons of like you were saying earlier, in the middle, uh, not Middle East, and Amazon, uh, the Amazon forest, and 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 then that in South America, because we're getting, not only are we, you know, they clearing the land, but they're also getting uh, satellite images, right? That can see that there's something that has been altered, or right. there's some kind of a pattern, yeah, that shows that there's something underneath this chunk of the forest because it's, it's weird, yeah, and, you know, they keep. And again, keep finding pyramids. You know, either step pyramids or regular, or you know, flat sides, but usually stepped. But still, it's you know, that's the same kind of idea, right? Uh, and it's just repeated throughout, throughout, throughout. Just like there's a gr- like there's always in every civilization, there's always the story of a great flood at yeah. some point yeah. that wiped away everybody except for a few people. Who restarted it all? Right. So the you know the great deluge. The, so the pre-diluvian uh, archaeology. That's one of his Hancock's Graham Hancock's thing. Yeah. Right. Uh, that he's big into, but that's also where it's hard to really establish stuff before that because it's folklore. You know, yeah. A lot of it's going to be a lot of physical, uh, you know. Let remnants could have been wiped away by a flood or could still be underwater right. or under ice. Yep. You know, so. Right, right. right. Man. History history just keeps being rewritten because uh, we're learning more. Yeah, you know, no because kidding. we're learning more and we're not letting it just be, uh, you know, the, the winners that write it. You know, we're right. getting away from, uh, you know, being mm-hmm. so predominantly um, uh, Western European. Uh, as a cultural focus for the entire planet, 
you know, we're, we're learning more about, oh, all this other stuff is true. And there's all these other stories and histories that we've never been taught because somewhere down the line, you know, they, they decided that uh, that's not as important to be taught in school as whatever else, you know. But. Yep, yep. Man, yeah. we could go on forever. And I, yeah. I mean, I know you got to go. So, I mean, we would love to have you back. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I have thoroughly enjoyed this. I would be happy to come back. Great, great. Um, definitely set that up yeah. for the future. Yeah, definitely open invitation. Do you have, is there anything you want to plug or anything that you, you know, I don't know if you've got any groups that you belong to or if you, any any businesses or whatever you want to plug, please uh, please do that if, you, if you'd like. Sure. Um, I am actually a best-selling author, so it's not relevant to any of the things that we discussed today. But I, I do mentor women in leadership, uh, rebuilding their roles of the relationship with their self. Awesome. Because every other relationship that we have in life, it, it the foundation to that is our relation to self. Yes. So um, I my book is called Do Big Shit. Um, and you have to put an exclamation point instead of the I because Amazon yes. does not like foul language. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but you can find me on Amazon. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. That's awesome. That's fantastic. Thank well, you. it was great to, to get to know you. And, and thank you again for hanging out with us. Thanks for having me. I enjoy I really did enjoy it. I loved it. Hey, you know what we need? What's that? We need a new ad for our merch store. Our merch store. I've had a few people reach out to me and ask me, just how do we get What's Your Weird Story merch? Huh. How do we get that What's Your Weird Story merch? What's dash your, spelled Y-E-R, dash weird, dash story dot myspreadshop.com that's what's dash your spelled y-e-r dash weird dash story dot myspreadshop.com that's correct get in touch with us go buy some merch we got some cool stuff yeah dude and you know what? If any of our listeners out there has some really cool ideas or has some really cool what's your weird story type art that they want to see on a T-shirt, get a hold of us. Maybe it'll happen. It's always good to talk to folks that are way, way removed from us distance-wise and mm. uh, culturally because... We just end up having such great conversations, and this was no exception. Yeah, man. Uh, great stories, great ghost stories, spooky ghost stories. But you know, with the with the, that balloon, that that's just a that's weird, weird, yeah, weird thing. Um, but also, I loved hearing some of the traditional Hawaiian stories. Yeah, you know, for sure. Um, about like the little people, their little people who are the workers and and who you know and and the possible historical tradition of how they those might have been and who they might have been and where they might have came from. Uh, just really really cool. Yeah. Um. Just you know because that is a, a just vastly different kind of history and culture from yes you know. Uh, from our, you know, little town in Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, really. And at the same time, you still find things that you can connect to, even though that we're not from there. And I've, I've had the good fortune of, of going to Hawaii. Um, have you been there? Have you ever been to Hawaii? 
I went to Hawaii when I was uh, three or four years old. Okay, and I, I seem I to remember this. Yeah, have I have? I know a lot of people don't think that little little kids can have memories, but I do have very. I have memories. Yep. I have memories of the um, the fire dancers, the cult, you know? the Polynesian Culture Center. Yeah. Did you yep. go there? Nice yep. man. And, so did uh, we. The, the weaving of the the yeah. uh, baskets and nice. stuff. Nice. Um, I remember um, playing on the beach, right? And I had a wow. little wind up sub uh, scuba diving man, and I wanted. I remember to, those scuba divers, man. Yeah, dude. Yeah. And I wanted to take him out and let him go into the ocean. Nice. <laughs> nice. That's what he's supposed to do. He's a yeah. scuba diver. Those and, were cool. Uh, Those were I great could, toys. Yeah. Yeah, they were. They were simple, man. Just you wind yep. it up and it would go, kick his little legs and go. But yeah. Um, but yeah, he, I couldn't uh my 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 uh parents wouldn't let me let him go. Uh he had to come home with this, which was which was nice cuz you know, he he worked he uh, worked the bathtub circuit for a while there afterwards. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, but yeah, man, it was it, something that I I remember. I want to say it was around New Year's. Okay. Because I remember um, all the parents went um, like to dinner or drinks or something, and there were a bunch of us, and I was the youngest, and there were a bunch of us and kids in the hotel room all together in one, watching out for each other, nice. um, which means it was just basically children jumping on beds back yeah, and forth. Yeah. forth. I, had right. a little, I had a little suitcase full of toys that I was playing with, and I remember them uh, dropping fireworks Strings of fireworks, firecrackers off, like out the back, <laughs> the balcony, and then falling. And not us, but other people were, were okay. doing that. Okay. And they would crack as they would fall down and everything. It okay. Was really exciting. So, nice, oh, nice. And also, um, I since you asked all of this, I'm unpacking every memory I have. Yeah. I remember we went and in California, uh, we touched down. And uh, I got out of the seat and I sat next to a lady, a pretty lady. Um, and, um, you know, because it was like on one side away from my parents. And uh, I was like talking to her, like, you know, like a, flirting as a little little kid, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. You know, all my, I shot all my game early good. on. Man. Well, it was a good. Kid, and then nothing after that um but um yeah i remember you know talking to her and she you know she was very friendly to me and then my parents trying to get me to come back and i'm like no i'm sitting here yeah yeah nice nice (laughs) that's great wow that's an early memory for sure yeah dude that those are some of my early memories and of course um you know driving the car which i'm sure i described on here yeah right yeah of course, my Hawaiian experience was uh, during 9-11. I think we've talked mm. about it before. I think we did a bit in the podcast. But, um, yeah, it was um, a beautiful place to be stranded, but it was difficult on the mind because you just want to get home. And, right. And I just was – I'm such a landlocked person that being on an mm-hmm. island, it felt very, very removed and yeah. uh, isolating. So, uh 
I would love to go back though. We, you know, we've, we've talked about it and at some point I'd love to go back and, and revisit, but it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful place to be beautiful culture steeped in steeped in culture, steeped in history. Yes. yes. Um, which again, you know, we we're so drawn to and, and I've been watching this ancient apocalypse uh, mm-hmm. series and this kind of fits into that whole thing. And it's, it's just fascinating different cultures around the world, how they developed, um, you know, and and uh, and 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 the secrets to their longevity and the mm-hmm. things that you know that they've been able to pass on generation to generation is a, is a great thing. Definitely. All right. Well, hey, Kiko, thank you very much once again. Go check out her book um, if you were a uh, a, young, a young lady, or uh, you know, as it's focused on on women, uh, or you know, if you're um, just uh, you know want your some your own kind of empowerment. Um, go check it out. It's called Do Big Shit. Remember that the ex- the I is an exclamation point when you're looking it up on Amazon. And, uh, you know, thank you for joining us once again here on the podcast. Uh, as always, we love hearing your stories. We love na- making new friends. You know how to get a hold of us. If not, uh, listen to another episode and uh, enjoy that. And then, you know, write down what we say there. Send Barry. us the transcripts. Yes, send us the transcript <laughs> of that. No, not all of it, just the end where we, where we usually go over our stuff. Um, but uh, once again, it's been a pleasure serving with you, sir. You too, um, sir. Join us next week when we speak to Rhea about dreams and uh, dreaming and the dream world and interesting stuff there. And I don't... Uh, I, you know, it's not just me sharing my uh, random ass dreams, uh, but uh, really, really cool stuff. So join us next time here on the What's Your Weird Story podcast, your weekly dose of the weird and the true, and um, and 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 uh, and the boo. That's Barry Johnston. That's what it is. <laughs> All right, Weirds, we'll take care. We'll see you next time. Be safe. Be weird. As always, if you have a weird story, we want to hear it. If you have a lot of them, we want to hear them all. We can't do this podcast without your invaluable contributions. Whether it's sharing your stories, listening, rating, and spreading the word about the podcast. Thanks for listening. Until next time, be safe. Be weird. The stories presented on the What's Your Weird Story podcast are, to our knowledge, true experiences that our guests have had. We can't take the time to research all claims made, and besides, it's just not as fun.